This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 11 o'clock on a Burgundy and Gold game day here on The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you. Feel free to call in at any point, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Also, you can tweet me at Toby underscore Altizer. Wrapping up the discussion on the Marty Herney and front office firings, moving on from everyone. Let's get out to Mike in Fairfax. Mike, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? So I'm driving down the road here listening to this conversation about Herney. And the first thing that pops into my head is, like, what was Herney's role within the current system, you know? Because the two biggest failures that I see of Ron Rivera's tenure is the the, the inability to identify high-level talent and a lack of team identity, right? Mm -hmm. And so the lack of team identity, I'm not going to stick that on Marty or the front office. That's on the coach. But where, like, did did, did Marty tell Ron, hey, like, I recommend, you know, we, we not select uh, Chase in the second, with the second pick. Maybe we should get a QB. Like, what was his role? What was his evaluations? Because, you know, like, there's a lot of na- – Ron's in charge. Martin Mayhew's the GM. There's Eric Stokes. I still don't fully understand what Hurdy's role is and why, you know, what is it that Josh Harris is hearing or seeing that makes him want to stick around. So, that's, that's what I wanted to talk about. And, and secondly, you know, just the lack of ITM identity just killed this. Your, your call screener and I were talking about how the D-line was supposed to be the strength. Mm-hmm. It was not. Why, where did that misidentification come from? Where was that misalignment? How did they misjudge their own talent so badly? So, yeah, I, 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 I'm not about firing anybody. I want to give everybody a chance. But, you know, what was Marty Herney's role in this whole fiasco? So I'll hang up, but thank you. Absolutely, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I think we all want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know that anyone outside of the building fully understands what his official role is. I mean, like we talked about earlier, it's what? Executive vice president of player personnel? Is that what we said from his Wikipedia article? Like, okay, so you're third in command behind Ron and Martin Mayhew? Like, uh, you've seen the videos on draft day where Mayhew's kind of looking at Ron like, hey, do we want to do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, Mayhew's the one on the phone. I don't know what Herney's doing. Like, it's not like Herney's over there being like, hey, Martin, let's do this, right? So I don't really know what his official role is. So maybe Marty was just kind of a sounding board if they wanted to go to him, so maybe he wasn't involved involved in the fiasco. Who knows? Either way, just totally clean house. And I like the idea that there really isn't an identity for this team. It, it I don't like the idea, but I think that is true, that there is no identity to this football team, right? What's the bread and butter? What do they bank on, right? And I'm watching TV right now, and you got Philadelphia on there. You know what they're going to go to, right? They're going to pound the ball, and their bread and butter is that offensive line and defensive line. And when push Don't comes to that shove, push, push. exactly. When push comes to shove, it turns into the brotherly shove, right? 
That's what it is. That's their bread and butter. So, again, I don't know what the identity of this football team is, but that's what the GM needs to come in here and figure out, build that identity, find the head coach that matches that, bring him in. I think that a lot is in front of them this offseason. They've got a huge opportunity. Just don't blow it. (laughs) No pressure. Just don't blow it. So we're going to transition here. I want to talk about Sam Howell. We can have this as a broader discussion if you want to talk about whether they should draft a quarterback or not in the draft. You know, currently they're sitting with the fourth overall pick. I think there's a chance they could even get up to third today if they lose. Do you want them to draft the quarterback? Where are you at on that? We can have that discussion. Feel free, again, if you want to hop in, 800-636-1067. Feel free on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. But he was on RG3's podcast, and I think one thing is clear for me. Sam Howell is a great leader. I don't know if you've had the opportunity, if you're you know riding around in your car, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to listen to this, if you haven't, I would recommend going and listening to it. I don't know that Sam says anything too eye-opening. I think it's, it's nothing crazy news-wise that you're going to get out there. No hot takes, nothing like Sam pounding his chest or saying anything crazy off the wall. But I think it's a well-done interview. I think you kind of gained some more insight into who Sam is as a quarterback and as a guy. So I, I think it's a really good podcast to listen to. But I think there were some interesting discussions. So number one, he talks about last season and what last season to this season the transition kind of was, even talking about playing in that Cowboys game and kind of proving to himself, yeah, I can play. You know, I also like the way he talks about it. He's drafted in the fifth round. And so many times with those kinds of guys, you hear, I'm a... I wear 32 because 32 teams passed on me, right? I think Antonio Brown wore 84 because eight times four is 32, and that's how many teams passed on me, and that was his motivation. That's great, right? I mean, you obviously see those sorts of stories all the time. I like when RG3 asked him about this. He's like, you're a fifth-round pick. Do you carry that as a chip on your shoulder? He said, no, I just wanted a chance. Now I'm trying to prove the people that gave me a chance that they were right, right? I kind of like that attitude. It's more level-headed, right, kind of measured. And I think you kind of see that in the way that he leads. I think he's a really good leader. But I'm almost surprised to see where he's at in terms of his development when he talked about what he did last season. So last season, he came in as the third-string guy. They didn't intend to draft him, right? He wasn't in the draft plan, but he fell to the fifth round, and they said, well, (laughs) I guess we just got to take him, right? And I honestly, I think I saw in a report that Marty Herney might have been involved in that decision and saying, Ron, don't be an idiot. Just take the guy, right? So uh, who knows? I, I, again, I, I don't know. I don't know if I read that somewhere or not, but either way. They take Sam Howell in the fifth round. Do you know how many reps he was taking last year? He talks about this on the podcast. Before Carson went down, he said, yeah, I'd, I'd walk out to practice and kind of just stand there. I'd kind of just watch and see what they were doing, maybe throw on a side sometimes. But for the most part, I go out there and just kind of stand there. Look, that sounds awful, okay? In Ron Rivera's defense, which I don't generally like to do that much because they don't win football games, so why why would I waste my own breath defending it? But in his defense, they're in the middle of a season. The middle of the season is not the time to try to develop these guys. Yes, it's a long period of time. I get that. But 
he's not going to get much reps because he wasn't even suiting up on game day. Now, maybe that's the wrong decision. We can have that discussion. But either way, I'm almost a little surprised that we've seen the development of Sam Howell because for those of you that wanted him to start week one last year, I, I don't think he was ready for that. I think you've seen his footwork still is a work in progress, but it was not great last year at the beginning. And he's even talked about how he grew throughout the season. And I think it's gotten better to a point that now it's serviceable, right? I don't know that it was serviceable at the beginning of the year. And then if you want to say, well, he should have started midway through the season. Well, I mean, as much as we forget about it, they were winning football games and they were in the playoff hunt. You're not changing quarterbacks in the middle of a playoff hunt, right? I I don't know. So I don't necessarily have an issue with all that stuff. But the fact that he's progressed the way he did, when he talked about, And I wasn't even getting scout team reps. I wasn't even the backup. So I wasn't even going against our defense until Carson went down with the injury against the Chicago Bears. And then Taylor ends up being the starter. So now Sam is kind of the guy, right? And so Sam gets to work as the backup and do all these various things. So reality, he got what? Seven, maybe eight weeks at max? I'd have to go back and look exactly how many weeks he served as the backup or, you know, as a starter. But he didn't start throwing to Terry or Jahan until week 18 last year in the Dallas week. So I'm almost surprised that we've seen him progress as much as he has. Because this is a guy, look, you can look at the counting stats and say, oh, well, he's thrown more. The reality is he's fifth in the league in passing yards. Right? That's the reality of it. You can talk about all the yards per attempt. and all. I get all of that. I understand. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No, I'm not saying that. But it could be a lot worse, okay? He could be leading the league in pass attempts and 12th in passing yards because he's not completing passes. That's not the reality. He's shown you that he can He's making completions. That's the big one. He's making lots of completions. And this, to me, RG3 goes out of his way to say, look, I think you've earned the right to be a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I don't necessarily know if I 100% agree with that. I will tell you this. Sam Howell is one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the league. Therefore, he's starting caliber. Okay? I don't know if it's top 15. I don't know that it's top 10. Probably not top 5. But it's also not backup level quarterback play. Okay? So, they're going to have to make a decision at quarterback regardless. Right? They're going to have to make a decision if they're going to stick with Howell. They're going to have to make a decision if they're getting up into that, you know, 3 and 4 range. Are you going to take a quarterback, you're going to trade up to take a quarterback, you're going to trade back, what, what are you going to do? They're going to have to make a decision at quarterback. We can have those discussions if you'd like. But I, I think with Howell, the big thing to me that stands out from this RG3 podcast and why I don't necessarily mind sticking with him, I think the football stuff is going to continue to grow and develop. I think he's got so much talent. In terms of talent, I do think he's a top 15, top 20 quarterback in the league, you know? I think that he's got the arm to make every single throw. We've seen that this year. I think as you see him develop as a pocket quarterback where he can maneuver himself, I think he's going to continue to grow with that. And I think in terms of a playmaker, when he gets outside the pocket and can run, I think you've already seen that he can be really, really, really good in that aspect. So I think you've seen that sort of stuff. What I don't think is talked about enough, Sam Howell is an incredible leader. He's a great leader. And I think he's franchise quarterback level in that area already. Have you heard him throw anyone under the bus yet this year? No. Have you heard him say, hey, you know, Jahan ran the wrong routes or this? No. 
it's on me. I got to be better. You know, hey, the guys around me are doing a great job, right? He's never doing any of that. You hear it in this, right? We'll we'll, we'll play you a clip from him talking about EB in just a little bit. But he talks about how the locker room is a little bit confused and doesn't know what's going on with this reporting and stuff. Look, I think the reporting is genuine. I think that someone is complaining. Sam Howell's putting out the fire, right? That's a good leader. He's not letting it continue to fester. So I think the big thing, if you want to talk about Sam Howell and why, if you want to make a case that he should stick around and be the guy next year, I think he's an incredible leader. I think the football talents, you can have questions with. I don't think you can question his leadership one bit. I think it is growing and growing and growing, and I think the football side is going to continue to grow as well. Now, if you don't think that he can be the football player that should be the franchise quarterback, I can understand that. But I don't think you can question his leadership ability or his leadership skills one bit. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll play that EB clip for you because I think it's interesting to hear what he says about Eric Bieniemy. We'll play that for you next here on the Burgundy and Gold Game Day here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's a Burgundy and Gold game day here on The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up till 1 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson for the Take Command pregame show. You can tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. Feel free to call in at any point as well, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Again, if you want to call in at any point to talk about the game today, feel free. Feel free. We're going to get deeper into just today's game against the Rams coming up at noon. But what are you rooting for? What do you expect to happen in the game? Who are players you're watching? Feel free to call in on any call in on any of that. Feel free. But we're talking right now about Sam Howell on RG3's podcast. I believe it came out Wednesday, maybe Tuesday. I'm not sure what day, but it came out this week. You can go check it out. It was a really good podcast. But the clip that I want to play for you, I thought was interesting. It goes back to my point that Sam Howell is a great leader. So they talk about Eric Bieniemy, and RG3 just straight up asks him, hey, man, do you think that Eric Bieniemy should be a head coach? 
Is Eric Bieniemy a head coach? I've enjoyed working with him as a play caller and as an offensive coordinator. His ability to lead, his ability to relate to guys, and his ability to get the best out of his players is what truly separates him as a coach. He'll get his opportunity at some point. The players that have been around him, like yourself, speak so highly of him that he should earn that opportunity with all the AFC championships he's been to, all the Super Bowls that he's won, and all the lives that he's impacted. But there was some some stuff out there saying that Bieniemy was was too tough or too hard on the guys and some guys didn't like it. Is there any truth to any of that, at least from what you could feel from the locker room? When all that stuff was, you know, being said, most of us were just confused. I was asking the, some of the reporters, like, what are y'all talking about? Like, where are y'all getting this from? And no one had an answer. We want to be coached hard. We want to play for someone that really wants our best. That's the type of guy we want, we want to play for. And that's the type of guy that Eric Bieniemy is. <laughs> That answer to that second question, right? And this goes to my point about him being a great leader. You know, B. Mitch on Twitter, someone had pointed that out. B. Mitch comes out and says, that's BS. There have been some players that have said that. It's not a made-up story. Sam works, but the soft players that have said it need to go. I, I think the reporting is true. I'm not undermining any of these reporters' reports because I do think the reporting is true. But that's good leadership from Sam, right? Not saying like, yeah, dude, I mean, I heard that stuff. Some dude in the locker room, what's that guy thinking, right? He could have said something like that. That's not a good leader. What does he come out and say? He says, I have no idea what he's talking about. I love working hard. We love working hard. We love working for Eric Bieniemy. And the fire that could have been th- had gas thrown on it, Sam just threw some water on it, put the fire out, let it go, he keep also, on moving. He also came across like, I have no idea who would even say that on this team. Exactly. Like, to not throw any kind of shade in any direction of any player, you know? And, and I love that, right? That is a good leader. And so, you know, the RG3 asked him, do you think he should be a head coach? He says for sure on the podcast and talks about why he likes working with him and various things. Who knows how Sam actually feels about any of this stuff? But that's good leadership, right? He doesn't have to tell you. When he comes out in the media, he's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Love working. He's smart enough not to throw his boss under the bus. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? You know who wasn't smart enough to throw people under the bus? Ron Rivera. This stuff probably doesn't even start up if he doesn't spout off in training camp, right? So I think that Sam is an incredible leader, and we can have the discussion about the football side, but he's a great leader. Now, if we transition to that football side, I think that he's shown enough that you can go either direction, right? And I don't know, Chris, I don't know where you stand on this. I, I don't know that the last four games are going to change my opinion that much on Sam. Now, if he comes out and throws three and four picks the next couple weeks, okay, fine. If he comes out and throws 400 yards and four touchdowns, yeah, fine. Maybe it's going to change my opinion. But if he continues to do the same thing over and over and show flashes and make mistakes, and kind of, it's not going to change my opinion. Like I, I kind of know. In my opinion, he's shown enough that if they decide we're going to draft a tackle at number four, that's warranted. Or if they say we're going to package some picks together up and go get Caleb Williams, or we're going to take Drake May, or we're going to take a chance with Jaden Daniels, I think that's warranted as well. So, you know, middle ground isn't always the most exciting thing to say in media. It's not always the most enthralling take, right? But I kind of think that's where they're at right now with Sam Howell. I think if they're not going to draft a quarterback with a top, say, five pick, I think they're trading down, and then you're getting linemen and whatever that way. But I don't see them keeping a top three or four or five and and not drafting a quarterback if they keep that position. GM Money Metal Chris. 
What are you doing with Sam Howell? What's your what's your ploy there? I look. If it was up to me, if you got a top five pick, you're taking another quarterback. I I you know I, I'd love to see Penix, somebody like that, if we could get a hold of him. So okay, so um, rank rank your quarterbacks for me. Top three. Uh, I, but see, we don't have the top two. Like I think the, here's the thing. I'm trying to think of what we would actually have a chance for. But this is the thing: if if you're you drafting pick fourth, one, you can dra- you can trade up to one. Yeah, I don't think they want to trade up though this season. They're they're looking for, to acquire picks, not trade up. But but if I think you got to get one, and I don't think that's a, a slight on Howell. I think what you do is you play Howell again next season as long as you can. If he if he keeps progressing and is just the man, awesome. And if he's not. You've got this other guy you've got on the, the bench that you can start playing also, you know, and, and see which one is better for the long term. Because honestly, this next season, we're not winning the Super Bowl either. You've got to start building the foundation now, and that's what they need to really be doing. Real quick, though, top three, if you had to choose your top three, like it, it, this is your your quarterback draft board, who would you say? I, I think Caleb Williams. So just quarter because I love, yeah, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. too. <laughs> just quarterbacks. So for me, Caleb Williams would be at the top, Drake May. And then Jaden Daniels, right? I think one of those guys will be available. Probably Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I, I, I like Penix a lot too. I've been watching okay, Washington. So you, what he's done there seems. Would you take crazy. Penix over Jaden Daniels? Uh, uh, it's, I, I don't know. Any of them are going to be good. It's good to pick. I, at a certain point, I feel you're rolling the dice, and oh, you're yeah. just going to have to see what you can. It's a dice you know. roll either way. And yeah. so I, 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 I think they're all really good picks. Like that's the thing. It's not like there's one where you're like, this is clearly the pick that everyone must yeah. have. You know. To your point. I think if you draft a quarterback, you trade Sam Howell. Because I think that you could get something for Sam Howell. You know, you think about you're going to have two two years on a really cheap contract. I don't know that you're going to get a first-round pick. That's not what I'm saying. You probably wouldn't get. But you could probably get like a third, right? Something like that for a starting quarterback for two more cheap years. So if you're going to draft a quarterback, I still think that you could get something back for Howell. So – you know, I don't think it's the wrong choice to draft a quarterback. This is why I kind of think they're right there in that middle if you're looking at Sam Howell. Now, I think you could just realistically decide to sit where you're at. You know, here's maybe your best scenario. If you want to root for a scenario, if you're the commanders, and you want to get the most assets possible, here's your best case scenario right here. You either get up to three or the Cardinals take a tackle and someone trades up for Marvin Harrison Jr., right? Uh, you know, we talk about tradebacks all the time. I don't think someone's trading up significant assets to take Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. Maybe they would trade up for Fashanu. I don't know that they're going to trade up significantly for one of these tackles. Jets are sitting at seven right now, and you can see them trading up for, like, a Marvin Harrison. You put him out there someone, with, with Aaron Rodgers, I yeah, can see something Garrett like that Wilson, happening. I think someone would trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. I really do. I think someone would give up significant assets. If you already have your quarterback locked up and you're looking for a serious weapon for your quarterback to have, I mean. Yeah, 100%. And so, to me, I think that's your scenario if you want to trade back. But I, I think all's on the table. And this goes back to what we talked about last hour. I think that this offseason is pivotal, pivotal for this ownership group for this franchise. Why? Because the excitement coming into this year compared to what you feel now It's just been dampened. They put the fire out, right? You were excited coming into training camp, and it wasn't even necessarily all football-related stuff. But now we're hearing grumblings again in Ashburn. We're doing all this, blah, blah, blah. It's the same old, same old, right? Obviously, the ownership is different. You're not dealing with 
stuff that's really outside of football, so to speak. Like, at least the grumblings aren't of sexual harassment in the workplace. It is just football stuff. That's better. But it's still grumblings in Ashburn that you're still just white noise that you're used to. The reason I think it's so pivotal for them, I think there's a real excitement once again in this fan base for the offseason. I think people are excited to see what the decision at quarterback is. I think people are excited to see who the new head coach is going to be. I think people are excited to be to see who the new GM is going to be. All the things that can happen this offseason, not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl next year, but this is a team that could realistically lose out, go 4-13, and and next year you could look at being a 500 or above type of football team next year, right? I mean, the same drop-off that they had from last year to this year is the same type of growth that they could realistically have from this year to next year. So I think people are excited about the offseason and next season. They're burnt out on this year like I am. I'm sure you're the same way, Chris. Like, this season is as good as done for me. But I think when you look ahead, they've got a lot of excitement. They can't ruin it by screwing up this offseason and paying someone like a William Jackson and he doesn't pan out, right? And then you draft a a quarterback or whatever you want to draft in the first round, and he's a bust too, and you know your, your draft picks overall aren't contributing. You can't have another offseason like that. So this offseason is pivotal, and the number one decision that they're going to have to make is at the quarterback position. You know, you can talk about improving the offensive line. You can talk about improving the weapons. You can talk about improving the defense. The number one decision that needs to be made this offseason is at the quarterback position. Is it Sam Howell? Is it not Sam Howell? And if it's not Sam Howell, who is it going to be? Well, I think I think there's one other thing, too, that makes this, this offseason really exciting, that including, you know, picking coach, GM, quarterback, all that stuff. But also... Like, we've got this new owner. Everyone was super excited about it, but we really haven't seen him how he's going to be an owner, like what he's going to do as the guy in charge. And this offseason, we're going to learn that. We're going to know by the time the season starts next season what exactly what kind of owner he is. So to break here when we come back, Kevin and Arlington, I see you there on hold. We'll get to you on the other side of the break. It's a Burgundy and Gold game day here on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Burgundy and Gold Game Day. 106.7 The Fan Team 980 Odyssey app. Toby Altizer with you up till 1 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to Craig Hoffman and Logan Paulson for the Take Command pregame show. A couple things real quick. Aaron Donald looks like he is going to play today. He was downgraded to questionable yesterday with some groin tightness. Looks like he's going to play. And for you fantasy football players out there with Tyreek Hill, he's not going to play today, so take him out of your lineups. Fantasy playoffs starting, don't forget. <laughs> don't leave him in your lineup. He's not going to play today. 
get back to the commanders, though. Eric Bieniemy, uh, we can have that discussion of whether he should be the head coach next year or not, whether he should get a real chance or not. I talked about this extensively, I think, about a week ago. I like him as a coach. I think he does a good job of motivating the guys, and I think it's interesting that you see Chris Sims kind of beating the drum now that they miss him getting on guys in Kansas City and that disciplinarian type of coach that he is. I think they miss that in Kansas City, and Chris Sims has brought that up. I don't necessarily love his offensive philosophy, though, and that's why I'm not going to necessarily be all that disappointed if they move on from him. But I do think it's interesting to hear what Sam Howell had to say about EB. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. Let's get out to Kevin in Arlington. Kevin, what's going on? Hey, Toby. Happy holidays. You as well. Could you just give me a minute to kind of go back over the first, the RG3 question, and then the Sam Howell response regarding the whispers or rumors? Okay. This is when I knew we were in big trouble for 2023 as Commander Sands. This was August 8th. This is what was reported. Commander's head coach Ron Rivera encouraged his new offensive coordinator and assistant head coach Eric Bieniemy to set the tempo of practices. And not every player has been on board with Bieniemy's approach. Rivera acknowledged that some players approached him with concerns about how hard Bieniemy rides them. But Rivera told them they should just talk to the enemy if they have an issue. Quote, I had a number of guys come to me and I said, hey, just go talk to him. I said, understand what he's trying to get across to you. I think as they go and they talk and they listen to him, it's been a lightning for a lot of these guys. I mean, it's a whole different approach. Again, you're getting a different kind of player from the players back in the past, especially in light of how things are coming out of college football. So a lot of these young guys, they do struggle with certain things. Uh, they were just a little concerned. I mean, oh, my God. He completely checked out from that point on. First of all, he should have never said one word of that. Number two, if he had any issues with that, maybe he should have called the team meeting, unfolded his arms, and said, we're not having this. We're not having this going to the media when things aren't going our way. But you know what? That's what Ron did. Ron took the example of that. He had his boy Michael Silver write the piece about, uh, you know, Chase Young, being quote-unquote immature. I mean, it's just everything has to go. Everybody has to go. I am very concerned about Marty Herney having the owner's ear. Um, Marty, Marty's done. He, he's, he's a dinosaur, just like Rivera. So I, I just want to say, on the one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Sam is, is doing well. I don't know that he's the answer, and I have this very strong position that if you don't know you have your franchise quarterback, then you keep drafting one until you do, especially if you've got a top five pick. Because didn't we just go through this in 2020? We had Haskins, who the owner wanted, the old owner. And, you know, we had a chance to take Young or either Tagovailoa or Herbert. And, I mean, the rest is history. You draft a quarterback until you have one. I think Sam has got – a good future. To me, Sam's a lot like Gardner Minshew, a tough mid-round small quarterback who's a good leader, who has a spot in the NFL. Do I see Gardner Minshew taking the Colts to the Super Bowl? No, I see Richardson potentially taking them when he's healthy and he grows. And I say the same thing about whether it's Daniels uh, or whomever we would draft in the top five. We have got to just change this thing around. And we need to consider ourselves an expansion team because when you finish 
fourth, third, or second overall, whatever we end up finishing, you are basically an expansion team. We're not going to be any better next year in a significant way. Let's go get our quarterback. Let's get rid of these guys that just, you know, and I mean the players too. I certainly hope we have an accounting of who were the players that thought the enemy was too tough on them. I mean, <laughs> you see how soft the yeah. team is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Kevin, appreciate the phone call. Great call. Yeah, I think he brings up some great points there, especially about the quarterback. If you don't know for sure, that's why you take chances, right? I mean, Kansas City felt good where they were with Alex Smith. He was playing like an MVP. They drafted Patrick Mahomes, not to say that they felt like Alex Smith was going to be the greatest thing ever, but you take a chance if you don't feel like you've got the guy, right? I, I don't mind them taking a chance. Now, here's my official stance, and we're going to get the Shane in D.C. here in a second. Here's my official stance on this. If it's Caleb Williams, if it's Drake May, if you want to throw Jaden Daniels in there, I think I could consider it. I was watching back some of his highlights and just seeing him grow as a pocket passer. I could see maybe someone taking a chance there. You'd have to develop him well, but I wouldn't hate a chance there. If it's not one of those three guys, then I'll pass. And I don't know that I feel like drafting Jaden Daniels in the top five is necessarily the best ID either. So, I, I don't know. If it's not one of those guys, I wouldn't mind taking Caleb Williams. I, I would like it. I, I wouldn't mind Drake May either. But if it's not one of those guys, I for sure am going to pass and stick with Sam Howell, at least in the first round, right? Let's get out to Shane in D.C. Shane, what's going on? Hey, good morning to you. Great show. Hey, uh, look, here's the thing. If we're going to be picking in the top five, I mean, that's that's obvious. I, I'm hoping so. Keep crossing our fingers. I'm not saying tank, but I don't see us winning another game here on out. Second of all, there's nothing wrong with quarterback competition. That's what's wrong with the NCAA today. Everybody's afraid of competition, the key word, competition. What's wrong going out there and competing for a starting job? And right now, Sam Howard, starting quarterback, nobody knows. But you have four guys out there. You forgot about Bo Nix. I think Bo Nix is a high-talented quarterback as well, and nobody's talking about Bo Nix. But here's the thing. There you got four quarterbacks out there that could be game-changing uh, uh, franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, you need an offensive line. There's too much talent in the top seven right now that Washington cannot miss out on. Number one, we got to get a general manager. If we don't get a general manager, it's all what we're going back to the same old 20 years that we did before. We get Josh Harris in there. And get, but Josh Harris is smart. Look what he's done with the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. I mean, this is a playoff given team and a championship kind of team every year. He's, they're contending every year. And that's all I want. I want to finally go down that schedule and be like, win, win against Arizona. Not a maybe. Not a maybe. We need to go back to the old days and start building this roster. This roster needs to be overhauled big time. The defense is the most overrated defense in NFL history. They keep mentioning all these top first-round draft choices, but they played like undrafted free agents. Let's call it what it is. And look what we've done. Sweat even said this place was cancer. And now look what Sweat's doing. He's having a hell of a year in Chicago right now. But that's my intake. But we got to draft a quarterback at, at, at that point. you got to. Shane, appreciate the phone call. I don't know that you have to. Again, I think that Howell is one of the 32 best quarterbacks. So I think you've got a starter. I think he's a top 20 guy. I think he can be a top 15 guy. So I, I'm fine with him being the guy. To his point about Bo Nix, Bo Nix, I think, will come in and play well just because he's played so much college football. So if you want that, that's fine. I don't see him ever being a game changer. 
not saying he needs to be a game changer. I think if you took Brock Purdy out of San Francisco, I don't know that he's a game changer, but you put him in the right system and things work. I think you can say the same thing about Tua in Miami. So I, I think if you find a right guy that fits the system, fine. I think that Sam Howell can be a game changer. He's got to improve in a lot of areas, but I think that he can be that guy. We'll see. I don't know that they have to draft a quarterback, but they're going to have to improve, no doubt. They've got the guys to do it. They're not the guys to do it. They've got the the assets to do it right. you got to bring in the right guy to make those decisions. He makes those decisions. I think you could see this football team turn around fairly quickly. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. It's a burgundy and gold game day here on the fan, the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Welcome back. It's a burgundy and gold game day here on the fan. Toby Altizer with you. Taking you up till 1 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to Craig Hoffman and Logan Paulson for the Take Command pregame show. Getting you ready for Commanders and Rams. Let's take a look around the NFL at some of the games on the slate today. Maybe recap some of the games yesterday as well. 1 o'clock. Got some... Interesting matchups. The Texans and the Titans, I think, is an intriguing one. No C.J. Stroud for the Texans. They're fighting for that playoff spot. Are they going to be able to get it done with Case Keenum at quarterback? The Jets and Dolphins is intriguing because no Tyreek Hill for the Dolphins. If the Jets win, I think this is maybe the more intriguing angle for Commanders fans. Aaron Rodgers, the reports are that he could be medically cleared to play. And so if the Jets win and there's statistically still a chance that maybe they can make the playoffs, could Aaron Rodgers suit up next week against the Washington Commanders? Could you imagine if he got injured again on four plays? Could (laughs) you imagine? Wouldn't be great. Would not be great. But that is something to watch today if you're a Commanders fan. Chiefs and Patriots, be interesting to see how the Chiefs bounce back after all the complaining, you saw the fines that they got. I believe 50000 for Mahomes, 100000 for Reed. Be interesting to see how they bounce back. But other than that, it's not necessarily anything too crazy in the 1 o'clock window. I guess you could look at the Giants and the Saints. The Giants are technically still alive in the playoff picture. Tommy DeVito's agent, they're tweeting out what he's going to be wearing at the game. I'm so done with the DeVito stuff. I'm so done. Maybe if he were somewhere else... But I can't deal with the New York Giants being in the spotlight nonstop. I'm done with that. But there are some intriguing ones in the 4 o'clock window. Obviously, you'll be watching Commanders and Rams. But maybe the game of the day is the Cowboys and the Bills, right? Cowboys and the Bills. Because if you look at the Bills' schedule the rest of the way, they have a difficult one. They got the Cowboys. The Chargers, you know, that's not going to be as bad. The Patriots... But they've got the Dolphins as well. I mean, you think about it. They beat the Chiefs last week. They had to go through the Eagles. Their schedule of late has been very difficult. And you think about where they're at right now at 7-6. and six. If they were to find a way to get into the playoffs, because the Cowboys are obviously no gimme, and the Dolphins, Week 18, aren't going to be a gimme either. If they're able to find a way to get into the playoffs by winning the games left on their schedule, maybe the Bills become the team to beat in the AFC. I think this game is also interesting because it is really going to tell us if Dallas is just pretenders or not. You know, if they can go to Buffalo in December and win, that is a big win versus, you know, they've been blowing people out at home. But can they do that on the road with Dak? That is true. That is true. And I mean, it's a big one for the NFC playoff picture because the Eagles, now you're hearing reports that Jalen Hurts has been downgraded to questionable because he's not been feeling well the last couple of days. So maybe he's not able to play. 
They got the Seahawks on Monday night taking on probably Drew Locke with the Seahawks. So who knows? Maybe maybe they still can luck out and win that one even with their backup quarterback. But the Eagles aren't looking so great. Imagine if the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC runs through Jerry's world. Or at least they get to play most of their games at home other than maybe having to go for San Francisco for the NFC title game. I mean, yeah, I, it could be Dallas and San Francisco in that championship right now. It's kind of what it's looking like. If you look at the Cowboys' schedule the rest of the way, it's not easy. They got the Bills. They're on the road in Buffalo today. They take on the Dolphins on the road on Christmas Eve. At least some nice weather for them on Christmas Eve right down there in the Miami. Then they're at home against the Lions on a Saturday night. And then they got Washington in Washington Week 18. So, Washington's the last easy game on their schedule. So they they I mean, they're sitting there at ten and three, but they could play some good football, find themselves ten and six coming in here to Washington, probably needing they they'll be in the playoffs, but looking at playoff seating, who knows what happens with Philly. But I mean the way that things stand right now, the Cowboys are leading the division too. So they're gonna need to keep winning games. That's gonna be the intriguing one, I think, on all the slates today. Sunday night football tonight is a good one in the AFC. The Ravens take on the Jags. How do you see that one? I I think that one's really interesting because the Ravens just continue to look really good, but sometimes they struggle a bit. They win these football games. I think you could make an argument they should be, what, 12-1, and maybe even 13-0? and But the Jags are like a good team that no one wants to talk about. I think the Ravens made some – sloppy mistakes earlier in the season and now we're getting towards the playoffs they're starting to clean some of that up so i do think the ravens are going to win this one but i don't think it's going to be a blowout by any chance like no i'm just glad that prime time it seemed like prime time for like the first 10 weeks of the season like two of the three games the thursday the monday and sunday night games like two of the three were usually like why am i watching they always put the patriots on a lot and they're just not good this year so that's part of it and the jets right yeah. No Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Man, that, that might have hurt us more than the actual Jets, right? We have to watch them all the time? I mean, come on. Monday night's game tomorrow night is the Eagles and the Seahawks. Like I said, Jalen Hurts, he might end up missing that game. He hasn't been feeling well. They'll take on the Seahawks, and Geno, he might not play either. So it might be another matchup of yesterday where it's backup quarterbacks. Yesterday's games I thought were intriguing. I thought the Bengals and Vikings game was good, despite it being backup quarterbacks. You know, Josh Dobbs ends up getting benched for Nick Mullins. I don't know what you make of that, but Nick Mullins didn't play great, but they probably still should have won that football game. Jake Browning is playing incredible. The quarterback situation in the NFL this year is just insane. It's absurd. And for people to be like, you know, Howell's not one of the top 32, I'm like, there are some not great quarterbacks starting in the league this year. <laughs> oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And Jake Browning, I think, has really shown that he can be a solid guy in this league. He's a backup, right? But He's kept the Bengals alive. They're now 8-6. and six. Then you had the Colts winning against the Steelers. Gardner Minshew, I thought that was a good comp, right, of Sam Howell to Gardner Minshew. We hear Baker Mayfield a lot, and I think you can see that one. But I think Minshew's a, a good comp as well. I think that Howell is still a starter in this league, but I thought that was an interesting comp. comp. The Colts are now 8-6 and six right there in the playoff picture. The Steelers, does that hurt Mike Tomlin's chances of sticking around with Pittsburgh? Who knows? And then last night, the Lions all over the Broncos. Finally, some starting quarterbacks we got to watch last night. The Lions look like a well-oiled machine. When they play with all the perfect elements and conditions, I don't know that they might be the best team of football when everything kind of works together and they're playing in a dome and there's not other elements. 
But when the pass rush gets to them or it's bad weather or it's not at home, like any little variable changes, they don't look the same. But when everything's going, man, the Lions are hard to beat. They looked great yesterday. They looked real good. Yeah. I mean, and that score, it was not as close as that score even makes it look. And it wasn't that close in the final <laughs> score. So. Yeah, it's so true. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll fully dive into today's game for the Commanders. They're taking on the Rams out in L.A. coming off a of bye week. What are you rooting for? Who are some players to watch? What are your predictions? We'll talk about it all next on a Burgundy and Gold game day on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 